All right. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that you're here today. And you're finding it. I want us to, again, today. Woo, this is Thanksgiving Sunday when usually we roll out the uh, turkey dinner. We're going to roll out the panini sandwiches in a minute. Uh, our ushers will pass out those menus. And uh, do you have those gentlemen? Are, are they already passed out? Go ahead and pass those out to everybody. If you don't have one, raise your hand. Nobody has them. Everybody gets one. And what we're going to do is have you decide on what you would like. Uh, I could tell you some of them are $7 for the uh, salads and some are 10 but I think that all of us can just pay $10. And here's why. is because we all own Axiom Coffee. So you're, you're blessing yourself. And uh, then we'll, we'll go down there. Some of us will walk. Some of us will drive. I might fly after this sermon. And we're just going to go down there and we're going to enjoy, again, remembering, remembering what God has done for the chapel here on Golden Triangle. Amen? All right. I want to give you a quick overview. We're in the middle of just uh, being generous in our missions uh, the first week, if you recall, Alex and Nettie, they are missions-minded and missionaries to Cambodia, and they are doing a great job, and we're going to uh, take them and support them as they travel back and forth to Cambodia, winning the lost, changing people's lives, not just for a couple of years, but for eternity. Then, the week after that, you heard Gwen get up and speak on Alive at Last, an anti-sex trafficking ministry that is also changing lives in people that are captives. They don't know any way of getting out. They were not taught as children. They're stuck. But when the Word of God is presented to them, they begin to come alive, and a transformation begins to take place. I, I want to remind you that last week we had a World Gospel Outreach. Abel came, and he spoke on uh, the people in Honduras. And in Honduras, there are literally thousands of opportunities every day. Hello, everybody with me? I know that you got your menus and you're going, oh, look at that pulled pork sandwich. Focus up here. Here's the thing. It's in a few seconds, we're going to let you circle whatever you want. We'll hand that back in uh, so that they can have uh, the, the system generated and working on that. But, but I want to remind you that Abel, last week with WGO, World Gospel Outreach, was the place that we went on our missions trip. That is the place that we buy our coffee that is served at Axiom. Literally, they have a children's home on the mountain of Tegucigalpa. Tegucigalpa is the capital city. Extreme poverty. In a, in a real quick understanding of who WGO is, they have a medical missions, and what we were part of was the brigade that would go into local churches all over uh, Tegucigalpa. So there might be a church like this. The people of Honduras would wait outside to get inside. They would choose which one that they would need the most because there was so many. They could choose an eye doctor, a medical doctor, or a dentist. They would come in, and every one of them would go to a place called the church, which was a uh, place where chairs were turned around and so that the gospel could be spoken to everybody that stood in line. After they were presented the gospel, then they could go to their medical area 
And, and let me tell you, the, the people of Honduras, the professionals, the dentists, they were all young ladies. And, and our people even were in the middle of that helping in those medical parts. And, and let me tell you, I get a kick out of this every time I think about this. But my son Heath, that was part, is going to be at this time part of Axiom Coffee and the manager over Axiom Coffee. He's actually getting in there and pulling a guy's tooth with a pair of... The young lady goes, what are you waiting on? Get on in there. You know, and so he's in there. And so Heath, as you know, I have four children and three of them went to Southwestern. Heath is more on the bent of business and he uh, went and got his uh, diploma from the University of Phoenix and then Arizona, Arizona, Arizona Phoenix, Arizona. They're all in Arizona. Anyway, th then went on for his first year at Stanford. Here, here's, he says, you know, Dad, I, I'm really busy. I don't think I'm going on that missions trip. And I said, get in the bus. <laughs> so not only was he helping, and everybody was helping in these different, but I, I tell the story, Heath is outside, and, and he's in a different area now, and he's, he's shampooing children's hair. And this little girl that has waited, or let me, let me tell the story right, he's shampooing her hair because she has lice. And so he says through the translator, the, the Spanish, he says, how long has she had this? And she talked to the mother and then told Heath, several weeks. And he said, how much is a bottle of this shampoo that kills the lice? Three or four dollars. Why hasn't she had this earlier? We can't afford it. And we knew a month or so in advance that you guys were coming. So we've been waiting until the people of the chapel came to our area in this church so she could be free of this sickness, this disease of lice. He told me this story as he was crying. He says, Dad, I got it. What we're doing. Axiom Coffee is the largest, well, we, we buy their coffee because they grow it on the hill of the children's home. Single mothers in that area can pick coffee off of this plantation and make more money in a few months than a man's wages all year. They're blessed because of this. And the executive director, he said, you know, John, we want to bless those mothers as they are able to make a living for their family. This year, the government pretty much tightened up regulations on Honduras so they couldn't sell their coffee because they're a nonprofit. So here they have 20,000 pounds of coffee with the harvest actually starting this month for a whole nother batch of coffee that's coming off. They desperately need money because of the COVID year and all the things that have gone through, and, and they, they need money. And because of us... Our church buying coffee from them, God has led me to an exporter or importer that actually is in Honduras. He lives or his home is in Honduras, but now he lives in Houston. And because the ministry is based in the United States, watch this how God works. If you've heard, coffee prices are going through the roof. So our importer that imports the coffee even up to Fort Worth, the green bean coffee, 
we got them in contact with WGO. And they said, how many pounds of coffee do you have? And Abel, that was here last week, said, well, <laughs> we have all of it. We haven't sold any, 20,000 pounds. So our importer said, I'm from Honduras too. So not only what we, we will give you what you would get on any street, you know, as far as selling your coffee, but we're going to give you a premium too. We're going to buy all 20,000 pounds. And on top of that, please consider us to buy all the harvest for next year. Now, let me tell you, because of the chapel, because of Axiom Coffee, that channel was able to bless them. This morning, we're going to reflect back on God's goodness over the last three years of Axiom Coffee. And I've asked Keith to give a short, just kind of update of where we are right now. And Brooke, why don't you come? He's, she's going to talk after him. Well, thank you, everybody. Um, and let me say that we can't wait to have you uh, to host you all down at Axiom after the service. Um, we're super excited. Um, and yeah, talking back, it's funny now looking back on our trip to Honduras, which was before Axiom was opened. Um, but now, May and I, we were so uh, just caught up. And we've been on other missions trips before, and I've been on other missions trips with the chapel. But we were so caught up with WGO, we talked about doing, um, of course, doing more missions trips and what we could do to partner with individual house parents. Long story short, it, God primed us so much in, when we were in WGO that now we're house parents in America. So it's just been a crazy wild ride that God has just... One thing after another, like through Axiom, through WGO, um, the mission group that we partnered with right before uh, we opened Axiom would need to sell a ton of coffee, and we would need to buy a ton of coffee. So that and then house parenting in our personal lives, God has done so much to just orchestrate everything just as it should be. Um, and with Axiom, we've had some wild challenges. Like, obviously, everybody knows COVID was crazy um, for 101 different reasons. I mean, people getting sick, the world shutting down for a time. Um, and then it's crazy if you see how many vacant businesses there are, um, places that just didn't make it. Um, and mo usually those are the smaller end businesses, like people who have been open less than three years because three years like this week is for Axiom is usually the big staple uh, mile marker, milestone that shows profitability, shows kind of stickability, success in a community. Um, and through COVID, we went through everything with, I mean, a great amount of sacrifice and endurance. And I want to thank May and Luke Miller um, during the times of COVID working for free. Um <laughs> Because work can be hard, but working for free is, uh, that's another animal. But, um, and then also, of course, for the rest of our team, we have Austin, who's amazing, Dom Beccaro, um, and then all of you. You all have really helped us. I mean, especially in times like COVID when there is, um, we made enough money when everything was closed down to, I think, cover lights. 
um, because we saw about 13 people a day um, during the worst of COVID. But now that we start seeing um, over this last month, we're seeing our most profitable month um, to date. We've unlocked, uh, we've uh, started rolling out new sandwiches and new products that are helping us to monetize in new ways, which is awesome. Um, and so we really look forward to the future as from here on out, it just gets better. Um, we're hiring new staff members, and our staff that we have has just been growing uh, and getting better. So as we grow in business, which this week specifically, we're up 25% over our top week prior to this week. Amen. So that's just phenomenal. And one of the reasons um, is more of a God thing than than just good business, which good business is a part of it, but I'm going to actually hand it over to Brooke to tell you about our second So on Monday morning, we, it was just a normal morning, I was working with Angel. He's also an employee at Axiom along with Austin and, and Dominic. Yes, Angel helps a ton. So we were just having a normal Monday morning and a woman came through the drive-through that I actually noticed from our church before, but now she works Sundays. She was a single mother for a while. I don't know where, where she's at right now, but she has four children. She was talking to me about how her car broke down, how she misses the church, things like that. Her, her minivan, no less. So can you imagine getting four kids to school? So she was going through all that and I told her, hey, we miss you, but in the meantime, we'll see you tomorrow morning for your coffee. And she said, you know, I would like to buy a $20 gift card and you just pay for the cars behind me with it, use it till it runs out. And that continued, people paying for the next car behind them in the drive-thru and the next car and the next car, Monday to Thursday evening. Everybody just kept paying for the next person. And so you understand, because you're, like Mark has always said, you're the most generous group of people that we know. And you know what a big deal that is. A lot of people had a lot to say about that, and it even more people said, is it still going? Okay, let's get it going again on Friday, and Saturday went for like four or five hours, and it's becoming a trend. Notice giving and generosity is becoming a trend because of Axiom Coffee. It's teaching people how to give. God so loved the world that he gave. He gave something important to him, right? And so Axiom Coffee is like kind of like teaching people in our community, hey, it's okay to give, and it's okay to give to a stranger and never receive a thank you because you don't know the person in the car behind you, right? And so it's baby steps. People are meeting each other in the cafe and stuff like that. But I want to um, read a post that someone posted like on the next door app in the Keller area, and then it got on Facebook. Um, so it says, okay, just had to share. Went to Axiom Coffee this morning to get my daily dose of sustenance. <laughs> and when I went to pay, she, which was me, she told me that the person before me had paid for me. Of course, I was super grateful. That's never happened to me before. I proceeded to give her my $5 to pay for the person behind me. And she said that this has actually been going since Monday morning. And people have just been adding to it. They've been able to pay for every single person that has come through the drive-thru with someone else's money. Since Monday morning, I totally started crying right in front of her, and that was true. Um, she said, so go pay attention. We, this person has never sat in one of our church services and heard this. So go be blessed and be a blessing and support this amazing local business. Yes. So just know that Axiom Coffee is facilitating a place for people to be generous and to love their neighbor. One last thing. One woman came through and she said, 
it the best to me, like in this state where we're in, why this is a big deal. She comes through and I tell her coffee's paid for and she goes, mm, okay. And she doesn't smile or anything. She goes, all right, I'd like to add to it. She hands me $10. Her coffee is like two. She's like, here, pay for the person behind me. And I gave her her coffee and told her, have a nice day. And she goes, you know what? And she looks at me like very, very seriously. You know what? It's about time people start loving their neighbor and stop looking at them as threats to their health and their well-being. And, you know, that's not wrong. And people are getting it. And Axiom is making it easy for them to love one another. So that's because of you. People on this post said things like, I love Axiom. That's where I do my preschool events. I love Axiom so much. The people there are so great. Hey, do you know it started by the church? Like, all these people. So just know that, like, you're, the, you're maybe the nameless or faceless heroes of some people's, like, really tough days. You're facilitating generosity in your community. So, yeah. Man, let me tell you, I, I am very blessed to have great children. Amen? Amen. Now we're going to turn in our menus. If you'll, ushers, if you'll just pick those up. Uh, Heath, you gather them in the back. As they're doing that, let me make one other announcement. The men's breakfast, the next breakfast is the first Saturday in December at 8 o'clock a.m. First Saturday in December at 8 a.m., December the 4th. This morning, as, as you're finishing up, I, I want us to recall quickly where we are. We as a church have gone through a series of the authority of the believer. We've talked about how Jesus came to change everything. We know that as we talk through this, that God is love. We, we talked in that we are the righteousness in Christ Jesus because of what Jesus did for you and I, not because of what we did for ourselves. And we talked about the amazing ability to walk in the authority that God has given us. That He predestined us to do good works. But here's what I know as a pastor is sometimes we go through times when we kind of get a little bit, let's just say it, depressed. And the reason why we get depressed or we get lonely or we get whatever is because we are meditating on the things of can God be faithful again? We sung the song, and, and I, I requested these songs, and, and, and let me tell you, Lisa, she could go on the road singing that uh, today is the day. Lincoln Brewster, they'd be saying, Lincoln who? After she got done, let me tell you. But, but let me tell you, that when we talk about those things like, my confidence is in his faithfulness. I know some of you need the words up here. Maybe you need to memorize them. Think about it. My confidence, the reason, is His faithfulness. But sometimes if, if you're like me, that as you lay in bed, you begin to recall the day. And if, it's, if, if you're not on purpose, it will gravitate. They even say this, that a, 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 a stationary or a, a mind that is at rest will gravitate to the negative. Some of you didn't know that. So we have to be active in staying on the positive of what God is doing. Now let me tell you, this, this passage of Scripture, I, I refer to in my life a lot. Because 
I don't want to get ahead of myself, but the question that comes to you and the question that comes to me in the middle of the storm, come on now, when we're stepping in to what we know is going to be a storm on the horizon until the day that we come out of that storm, the question that we all have is, can he? Take us out. Can he bring us from where we are going in to the point where we're going out and we're victorious? See, our belief system will dictate to us if that's true or not. Because I can say, is God faithful? And I'll say, man, and I can yell some more. Get us worked up into frenzy. But tomorrow morning we know that if we wake up and our belief system doesn't believe that he can... We won't believe that he can do it again. This morning as we look back on three years of our our time at Axiom Coffee and being a blessing. Are there some people here that could stand up here and testify with me. That you stood there on Sunday nights as we made that circle. Do you remember that? And we began to pray for what was coming. Not There was nothing down there but grass. And most of it was rock. I remember that from the time that I got the vision of doing that, which sounds like cray-cray to some people, you know, faith, it's the borderline of something that's amazing and some people calling it crazy. And I remember getting the lawnmower out and, and in a way mowing my vision, cleaning it up, actually circling down there and saying, it's going to sit right here, I believe it. He can do it. Yes, he can, and he can do it again. See, a thankful heart equals a happy life. If you don't have a happy life existence right now, I encourage you to take a step back. Nobody's got to know. You don't have to come clean to anybody, but just look at your life, and if it's not happy, take a step back and say exactly what this psalmist did. Ready? Psalms 77. I'm going to read out of the message because it's kind of in-your-face kind of translation. This guy, it's a psalm of Asaph, and he's going to tell you kind of the way it is because this is his life, and a lot of you, as well as I, can refer back and say, you know what, I've been there. Some of you will want to write down Psalm 77. Do we have that passage of Scripture, guys? You might want to take a picture so that you can recall where Pastor John read. It says this. Here he is. And, and he's, he's writing a psalm. Remember this. A song. He says, I yelled out to my God. I yell with all my might. I yell at the top of my lungs. And he listens. I, I found myself in trouble and went looking for my Lord. My life was an open wound that wouldn't heal. Listen how he's meditating on it, the negative, what he's going through. He goes on to say, when friends said, everything will turn out all right. I didn't believe a word, they said. I remember God and shake my head. I bow my head, then wring my hands. Now listen to this. He says, I awake all night. Not a wink of sleep. I can't even say what's bothering me. I go over the days one by one. I ponder the years gone by. I strum my lute all through the night, wondering how to get my life together. 
Pretty pitiful picture, isn't it? Guy with a, maybe a little ukulele there called a lute, you know? Oh, I'm so lonely. And then he goes on to even begin to complain and question. He says in verse 7, Will the Lord walk off and leave us for good? Will he never smile again? Is his love worn threadbare? Has his salvation promise burned out? Do you hear the salvation promise? Will it burn out? Has it burned out? Has God forgotten his manners? Uh Uh-oh, now he's getting personal. Has Has he angrily stomped off and left us? Do you see how he's getting gritty? Have you ever been in that spot so long that you kind of get gritty? He says this to kind of sum it up. Just my luck. I said, the high God retires just the moment I need him. Now watch this. No matter where you are in a place of questioning God for what you're going through, here's the answer. Now let me tell you, I can give you an answer, but it's not easy. It's easy to give you the answer, but it's hard to walk it out, just like anything in life. Here's what he says. Here's the turning point, the tipping point. In verse 11, it says, once again, I'll go over what God has done. You see what he's doing? Instead of looking at what I can't see necessarily in the future, because he's not walking by faith, he can at least do something And that is recall. Watch this. I love this part. Once again, I go over what God has done. Lay out on the table the ancient wonders. I'll ponder all the things you've accomplished and give a long, loving look at your acts. Now, we preach a lot here at the the chapel to look long and expect for the goodness of God to show up in your life. Because a lot of people will say, I don't get any of that. I never do. I never. Because they're not looking. And a lot of times our problems are first world problems. You know what I mean? I don't like a panini sandwich down at Axiom. I like, well, that's a big problem for a third world country, isn't it? You mean you get to eat today? So he's saying, I'm going to ponder all the things that you accomplished. Some of you need to ponder. Another word is meditate. Meditate on what God has done in your life. And sometimes you need to, you know, kind of grab your, your, your collar to yourself and say, Hey, why are you downcast, oh my soul? Rejoice in the Lord. You need a come on now. I know I do. And I'm so blessed to have a good wife at that point that didn't say, Amen, you do that, John. This is what he says. Oh God. That's with an exclamation point. Oh God. Your way is holy. No God is great like God. You're the God who makes things happen. You showed everyone what you can do. Now watch, he's praising God, and then he begins to worship God. All of a sudden, his tone has changed. He says, you pulled your people out of the worst kind of trouble, rescued the children of Jacob and Joseph. He begins to recall the Red Sea experience where the people were led through the Red Sea when Pharaoh was on them. In verse 18, it says, Ocean saw you in action, God. Saw you and trembled with fear. Deep ocean was scared to death. 
Clouds belched, buckets of rain, sky exploded with thunder, your arrows flashing this way and that. From whirlwind came your thundering voice. Lightning exposed to the world. Earth received and rocked. You strode, I love this part, you strode right through ocean, walked straight through roaring ocean, but nobody saw you come or go. Hidden in the hands of Moses and Aaron, you led your people like a flock of sheep. When you think about it, they were in a place of desperation. They begin to whine, they begin to complain, and God says, what are you doing, Moses? Get to moving. And the people of God saw a miracle and God led them right across to the other side. Now this morning I'm going to have you help me in my sermon. And, and I know that a lot of you help me in the sermon. But I want you to realize that this is a Pentecostal church. And if you don't know what that means is part of it is you have the ability to say amen. Praise God. If you feel a little bit wild you can throw out a hallelujah every once in a while. But I want you to do a little bit more today, and you might do hallelujah. You know, you might do it, just your wife might hear it next to you or someone, you know, don't. But, but I want you to verbally say something out of your mouth that your ear gate can hear yourself saying it. I will say this, can he, and you will say, yes, he can. Now, I'm going to, now watch it. Can he, and then I'll point and you'll say, Okay, that, that's on a scale of 1 to 10, and that's probably about a 6. So I need you to winch it up a little bit. Can he? Okay, that's good, but let's get it synchronized. Yes, he can. Okay, so it's bum, bum, bum. Okay, so it's like 1 till it gets. Get on beat. Here we go. Can he? All right, all right, all right, all right. We're recording this, aren't we? Yes, he can. Yeah, we can record it. Come on, come on, come on. Let me tell you, if you don't get going, I'm going to call Austin back up. Boy, he was hot, wasn't he? About ready to chew the bark off a tree, let me tell you. He even went to the Greek. Did you notice that? That guy, he's ready to go. All right. Think about it. A thankful heart equals a happy life. The question is, are not, it's not, are you a fighter, but which side do you fight on? Do you fight, yes, he can, or I'm gonna fight you that sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. Because that personality right there, do you realize that they feel like they're always right? But they are known for experts in the field of the hokey pokey. One foot in and one foot out, shake it off. It's time for us to commit and put our confidence in the faithfulness of God. So the question is and is, can he... But he can, and yes, he did, so he can do it again. So watch this. Watch this. 
When you talk about looking at the ancient wonders and all that God has done, I want to remind us, and some of you have been in church and some of you know these stories, I'm going to refresh you. I want you to first think about Moses. And here's a guy that doesn't want to be a leader, but God calls him to be a leader in order for a purpose to call his people out of bondage. And that is a promise that he was going to give his people years before they even went to Egypt. But now Moses is given the ability and Moses says, you know, God, I'm not all that. Just like some of you feel. He said, I I just am not a public speaker. I stutter. God took care of that problem. You know, even showed him a burning bush. I mean, come on now. But God said, I can do it. I can, if you will just be obedient. I know that you can't see it, Moses, on this end. But on that end, you're going to look back and be amazed how I had your back all the way. So he goes to Pharaoh, the enemy, and the enemy says, you're not going anywhere. Does that sound familiar to you and I, that the enemy is always there? Whoever it is, that voice that says, you're not going to do what God said that is possible in your life. God says, oh yeah? Last time I checked, I made Pharaoh. Ten plagues come upon Egypt until the day that they are set free from bondage. Can he? Yes. Hey, you're, you're with me. Stay awake. So here he is, and Moses sees that with his own eyes and leads the people out of Egypt. They get to the Red Sea, as we just heard the psalmist remembering, and before they cross over, it looks like they are done. What has chased them will continue to chase them All their life. They don't realize it, but God's going to make a stand right here. Some of us don't want to take the the step of faith onto a bed that used to be the Red Sea. In other words, it could be muddy. We could get stuck. You know, I don't know that last year in the Almanac, it said it could rain about the time we're halfway through. We got experts on why we can't do it. But God said, do it. And so the first steps, see, and some people will say, you know what, I'm kind of on the, I'm not the early adapter. I'm not going to be out down there in front going across. I know that there's an enemy coming, but I think I'm going to kind of drift back to the midway to see if those guys down there come. And then there's some people that are all the way in the back. They're late comers. You know what I mean? I've got to see it long enough by work by faith before I get involved. God says, get to moving. We have to believe that what God tells us, He can perform. So let me ask you, can He? He did, and He can do it again. We see that the people go through on dry ground, and the enemy is defeated. Not just defeated, but killed right there. It stops. The Word of God says this, The enemy that you see, you will see no more forever. Can you just... Just for a minute, realize that if God didn't put a stop to it, every morning, wherever they were, they could wake up realizing that Pharaoh and the chariots were coming after him again. But now it's done. He did it. When you talk about David, and, and a familiar story of David, is he is called to govern his peop- God's people. And, and it is a story of an amazement to me because it's... It, David is an amazing character that I love. As you know, I, I got to fight, not preach it on him every Sunday. But here he is as a young man, some think of as a teenager. He's anointed to be king, and now he's not put in the palace, but back in the pasture to keep his father's sheep. 
He walks in obedience and he's out there, but one day he gets an opportunity. See, a lot of times when God speaks over our life and gives us the uh, authority to be the person that's in the middle of the family that's losing hope, or, or even when we get in a place where we're believing for a miracle in, in our health or our finances or whatever it might be in a relationship, that, that we have a tendency to go, you know what? I, I, and the opportunity comes and we miss it. David is really just delivering food to the army when he gets there and sees this giant. It says every morning and every night coming to the battle and yelling defiant curses on the people of God, the army of God. The kingdom of God needs you to step up. Not to wait. Is there, is there, is there a David here? Is there, you're the David. And the Bible says that David gets kind of agitated when his brother goes, well, I know what you, you're doing all this and that. And he says this, remember, isn't there a cause? And apparently nobody there got it that there was a cause to step up because they were in covenant with God Almighty. This guy was not. And the Bible says that all the stuff that goes on with King Saul saying, you're just a little boy, you're too little. He goes, what? what? I killed a bear and lion. Then he goes out, and I love the part about it. Probably the best part in my mind is when the enemy starts yelling. God cannot keep you safe. He is not going to rescue you. David goes, I'm going to kill you. And to prove his point, it says that he goes running towards Goliath. Now, there, there's something about having faith of going down there on the battlefield. But, man, talk about cray-cray when he's going running against the giant. Can you imagine this big guy going, Now, slow down there, fireball. Blinks once and dies in the dark. It's over. You remember those Mike Tyson fights where they'd have all this money and all this and the guy was knocked out in like 10 seconds and they were like, that's the fight? That's kind of what David did. It was like the Super Bowl. People were probably pulling up lawn chairs and eating popcorn, but before it was even popped, he's done. Now think about that. teenager is holding his glass sword in one hand and his head in the other one. He makes a show that's not a, well, can he or can't he? It is, yes, he did. So I want to ask you, can he? Yes. He did it and he can do it again. When I think about Nehemiah, here's Nehemiah. And he's building a wall. He has been given a purpose to go and build a wall around Jerusalem that has been broken down. And, and it seems impossible, but God says, I'm calling you. Do you realize that not only God says, I'll make a way where there seems to be no way, but the king gives him letters that he can go and get all the resources he wants out of all the things that he needs to build the wall. He, he goes to the, the, not the lumber company, but the forests that have the wood to build it. Everything is provided. He gets up and there's an opposition. Go Go figure that. Is there going to be an opposition in our lives? Then, then realize that the opposition is there. The opposition says you're not going to build that wall. 
even to the place where the enemy invites him to come away. Come on down here and meet with us so we can kill you. And he says those famous words, sorry, I'm doing a good thing here and I can't come down to you. It just should have taken maybe years to rebuild that wall, but it takes them less than two months to complete that. See, every time that, that there was a, an attack or an opposition that came against Nehemiah, he was a man just, just working in practicality. Okay, you think you're going to come? We'll strap on swords and build the wall. While we build the wall, we'll have our swords with us. See, a lot of times we, we ask God, 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 are you going to go do it? Just, just keep building. Just keep working. So let me ask you, can he? He did it. And he can do it again. The wall was built in 52 days. When I think about Esther, here's this little teenage girl that is really an orphan. And and she has chosen to be queen. And now she is called to not only influence the king, but really to save the Jewish people. If you don't know the story, there's an enemy that's plotted and tried to come up with a scheme that on a certain day, all the Jewish people are not supposed to defend themselves and the enemy of the Jews can come in and take all that they have and actually kill them. But see, the enemy didn't even realize that the queen, that little lady over there, was a Jew. And she was a lady that believed that God could do it. With the help of her uncle, she was persuaded that for such a time as this, I've come into this position. And she took a stand and she took and stepped forward. And the story is that on that day that the Jewish people, the godly people, were successful. So let me ask you, can he? He did it and he'll do it again. When I think about Daniel, here he is and he's asked the impossible The king has a dream and says, I'm not even going to tell you guys what the dream is. I want you to interpret it. What? But the Bible says that all the wise men that are about ready to be executed because they can't do it, Daniel knows God. And he knows that God can do it because he's done it before. And Daniel says, "Can can 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 you give me a couple hours? Let me go ask God. And the Bible says that he comes back and he tells the king the dream. Now let me tell you, it has already happened this way earlier in Joseph's time that God says, I can do it if you just trust me. It's the dream and it seems like everything's going. And one day because of his faithfulness, the opposition to Daniel says that, hey, you know there's a guy that's praying and bound down to his God. And the king says, ah. And you know the story of the lion's den. And the Bible says that the king, out of reluctance because he loves Daniel, but because of the law that he's written, has to throw Daniel in the lion's den. And what's so amazing about this story is the lions did not eat Daniel. And some people say, well, they might have had something wrong with them, kind of diseases during that time. The problem was that the next day, the problem with that problem or that excuse is the next day the opposition, the enemy that rode and plotted all that against Daniel, they threw them in the lion's den. And it says that they were eaten before they hit the floor. Those guys were hungry. And those voices began to whisper, Is God going to be faithful this time? He he might have been in the past. 
Can he do it? Let me give you one more. The Apostle Paul is asked after a Damascus Road experience where God shows up, he's been persecuting Jesus. And how many people realize that he thinks, "Uh uh-oh, I've been on the wrong side when Jesus shows up on the road to Damascus and reveals himself to him. The Bible says that he has scales on his eyes and he goes into Damascus and, and there's a guy that Jesus shows up and says, I want you to go to the way, the street where Paul is and I want you to go into that house and I want you to tell Paul this. Now watch this. I want you to tell Paul, Saul at the time, how much he's going to have to suffer for my name. That he's going to take the good news, my word, to the Gentile people. From that moment on, the enemy comes against him and says, we're going to stop you to the point of killing you. Time and time again, we see that God delivered him out of a stoning or a shipwreck, out of a beating. So let me ask you, can he? He did it, and he can do it again. Fast forward to the year 1993. A little young, what behind the ear, rootin' tootin' turkey pastor takes the church. God says, I want you to relocate the church. Let me tell you, it was it was everything. Because the former pastors had chosen not to do it, but later came back and said, God told me to do that too. We began to relocate this church, and we even met in a daycare and had two services on Sunday for a while. And and then we sold the the former building and moved into daycare. Do you know how hard it is? Come on now. Would you come to this church if we had to hang up daycare moguls that are hanging from the drop ceiling on Sunday after we plug back in the pinball machine and the Coke machine that ah, during service. Do you know that in the middle of us meeting there that the, the, the uh, director came in and apologized? I know I, we want you to rent our building, but we've got to put up a partition so that we, we're growing so fast that we can have two different compartments up for kids. And the, the compartment was about four foot tall, right down the middle of the biggest room that we met in. So can you imagine if right here, Buddy couldn't see Keith right there because that wall between them, but it was, they'd stand up during praise and worship, hey, I didn't even know you were at church today. Don't you think that Pastor John was going, God, Do you think I wrung my hands at night? But time and time again, God made a way where there seems to be no way and a path where there seems to be no path. And and the story quickly goes to the place. and, And what I'm doing is I'm remembering because a remembrance heart brings a thankful heart. I remember the day that we were looking for property. I, I even became a real estate agent because they wouldn't call us back. How much money you got? Yeah. We'll call you. Don't call us. 
So, so we begin to look for property. And after years of doing that, finally one day, Don Davis, and, and I bring that up just to remember, because I, I thank you, God, for using Don Davis, if he knows it or not. He was a he, car dealership and big dealerships. He had bought this property out here just as an investment. But I knew that it was for us. They called and said, we have 10 and a half acres. Uh, it's 400 feet by about 1,200 roughly you know, feet long. I thought it was going to be like an airplane takeoff. You know, it's going to be, what? It's a real skinny piece. I didn't realize that it was on Golden Triangle, this whole 1,000, 1,200 feet of Golden Triangle. Now, again, remember that Golden Triangle was like us building a church right now on the Red River, you know. Because we were in Haltom City. And to move all the way out here in the sticks, who would have? No, no. That can't be God. It had floodplain on it, and God says, trust me. Have I done it, John, in the past? I can do it again if you just trust me. God, I'm trusting you. Do you know that we brought this out of the floodplain with free dirt because of the developments that were in this area, brought it up to out of the floodplain. We realized that this creek back here was nothing but a ditch, but that's as protected as the Mississippi River. So you got to have the FEMA, the Corps of Engineers, and the city of Fort Worth all give you permits, which the Fort Worth city said, we don't even know what you have to do, but you have to do what those people say, and we're going to be behind. Well, how do I know? Hire somebody to tell us. $10,000 later, an engineer gave us code that you could even read. But God knew. And as we had that, we, we had that $35,000 to dig that ditch, or that was the bill. We didn't have $35,000. We put every dollar into the, the property and still owed on the building. But a gas and oil company showed up and said, we'd like to give you about $35,000. Dollars? Would would you would you need thirty five thousand? We dug the ditch, got it all out of the floodplain. Lisa and the worship team needed uh, music equipment, and and they said we need about seventy five hundred. I said seventy five hundred. What are you buying? All we need is a tambourine and a kazoo. <laughs> and you guys know that you would come to church with a tambourine and a kazoo. No, 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 we need an electric piano. We need this and this. Golden Triangle was being constructed, and they said, we'd like to cut off three feet by about 300 feet of your property just to make it a little bit easier turn. Can we give you $7,800? I said, I, I, I think I'll take $7,800 for that. Lisa sang better that Sunday. For some reason, she... <laughs> We were needing a youth building because our youth were meeting in the hall and they were loud. So we started construction on this smaller building back here that ended up with all the donated lumber and our donated labor and, and uh, Christy Schwarzenegger's brother was in plumbing and so he, I'll just bless you guys with all the plumbing stuff. 135000 we owed on it and they knocked on our door. Come on in, city of Fort Worth. And they said, you know, Crawford Farms built their road, a little catty corner here. We'd like to just cut off the corner of the chapel's property 
and to put in an intersection. I said, an intersection out in front of our church? I'd give it to them free. You're talking about thousands of cars stopping right there? I've been trying to get them stopped for years. <laughs> they said, we'll, we'll give you, I think it was $85,000. And they slid that, oh, they were so proud, they slid that across the desk right in here. And I looked at that, and my eyes nearly fell out. <laughs> give me the pen, give me the pen. And God said, don't sign it. Have I done it before? I can do it again. I said, I, I need to bring that before the board and we'll talk about that. And okay. They left and God said, ask for 135000 and, and the church board says, 135000 That's how much we owe. The guy from the city of Fort Worth says, John, Pastor John, he says, we'll condemn the property and take it before we give you 135000 Now I want to tell you, I'm a man of faith. I'm the pastor of the church. And I would love to tell you that I said, no, you will not. Why won't you give us 135000 I want 135000 Did I wring my hands at night? God, you'll come through, won't you? But as I began to read the word again and remembering, where, are, where am I? And where have you brought me? The day comes where the phone call comes. Pastor, the check's in the mail. And 135000 and we became debt free. We owned a 10 and a half acres. We had two buildings. Everything was debt free. Went one day on my vacation. God, I'm on vacation. He says, John, it's time for something else. New sanctuary. I like a new, we're a church, new sanctuary. I want a coffee shop to get into the community. You know, it's time for you not just to talk about getting out of the four walls of the church, but actually getting out of the four walls of the church. I remember saying, oh, that sounds so good. But when I came in to tell Gwen, it sounded so wrong. Coffee shop. Gwen's always, if God said it, we can do it. Could you give a little bit of opposition like I want? As you know, let me fast forward. We began to pray years before we saw anything actually come out of the dirt. We believed. We believed. And there was times when the, the, the opposition would stand up against us. We had rezoned that. And God said, I'll make a way where there seems to be no way. If you've ever changed the zoning on a piece of property, everybody in that community can show up and talk against it. There are not too many people speaking for it. We had a group that we went down there and we presented it. We were the last one on the docket out of about 15. We had to come back after lunch. And when it started, the place was jam-packed. So you kind of start looking around the amphitheater thinking, I wonder who's here that's going to speak against us. You know, they probably don't want us to change it to commercial, which is the zoning that we had to have it. 
by the time that we came back for lunch and ours came up, there wasn't anybody in the room but us. And, and, and I remember Luke and, Mar, or Luke and Heath, and we're going, there's nobody here. And all the committee was tired of being there. And they go, what do you want? Good. Everybody in favor? Aye. Go home. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, get, I know you guys wouldn't do that. You, you would believe that before you even got there and that's it. When we started building that, everything broke loose. And you go, well, Pastor, I, I didn't even hear any of that. Good, that's what I wanted. That didn't do you any good. But let me tell you, God says, I can do it if you just trust me. Can he do it? He did it, and he can do it again. So this morning, as we come to the end of this message, I, I want to make it very clear. There, there are people here that are going through things in your life. We celebrate three years, and it hasn't been easy. There's been a, a pandemic that's come. Oh, who would have thought that we would have started a business, and COVID came through? It shut small businesses down. And some of you, you know, some of the larger businesses have even suffered. But because our church owns Axiom Coffee, see, we don't have one person that owns it. We have an army that owns it. I just feel led. And this, this is kind of out of the context of one. I, I think you need to realize this. We have set it up because we are a for-profit coffee shop. We pay taxes to our community for the roads and the schools and everything like that. Churches don't have to do that. This is a non-profit church. Everybody with me on that? So how can we have a for-profit? The way that the tax attorney wrote off on this is this. Heath Miller owns the name Axiom. Now you go, well, how does he? He also gets all the liability of anything that goes wrong. He doesn't own a paper towel. He doesn't own a Kleenex, a cup. And so what we're doing is everything that they should be paying in rent is occurring as debt. They're well over 200000 in that non... And we're not going to go down there and go, give us 200000 but what they do is the government has allowed a nonprofit to own a profit, and the profit pays back a loan to the nonprofit. Now, it, I didn't plan on telling that because I, I don't have time to expound on that, so I'm giving you liberty to come ask me for details. But there has been the opposition that the world has said, How is a church doing that? You can't. We did it all legal. We're not going to cut any corners. We have a bookkeeper, a professional bookkeeper that does all the books, submits it to the taxes and all that. So understand that there has even been people that have said, the Millers own Axiom Coffee. That's as far away from the truth. And as you heard today, some of the Millers, not this Miller, but some of the Millers have worked for free. But this church owns everything that you'll see today. 
Pastor, why do we got to pay for it if we own it? <laughs> Our lunch. Ownership has responsibilities right there. So if you drive by and you see some trash floating around, just pull right over and pick up the trash. Let's not go that far, Pastor O'Dell. Let me tell you, our young adults use it every Sunday night. We don't open on Sunday. Our community is now responding, and, and we don't tell people that a church owns that. You know why? Because we knew for the first years that they had to know how much we cared before they listened to what we know. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So, so what we're doing is we're building a relationship and one of the biggest compliments I get is when people, I introduce myself, you know, not as a pastor, hey, it's good to have you here today. Hey, I, they go, are you the owner? I said, I'm part of the ownership team. Really? Doesn't that sound good? You can say that same thing. And so what happens is they go, let me just start by saying, the people that work here are amazing. I want you to watch this video, this very short, very short slideshow. Watch this and listen to the words of this song.
We've, we've, yeah, give God a hand for all that wonderful. Let me tell you, I, I believe that when you remember what God has done, faith, the faith level goes up in your life. And, and before we dismiss, I want Lisa to come back and sing. And one of the songs I believe is Waymaker. He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. So here's what I want you to do. We're going to call our prayer teams to the front before we end the service. And if you're going through something and you're saying, man, can he do it? Yes, he can. He's done it before and he can do it again. Some of you might be suffering body with a sickness or an illness. Maybe you'll stand in for someone today. Maybe this morning you're saying, you know what? I, I, I believe God can get me out of this financial difficulty. I believe that I can have a breakthrough in this. He can do it in my life. He's done it in other people's life. Will you believe? Yes, He can. Would you stand with me? As you hear these words, allow it to come out of your mouth, into your ear. And if it, can I have my worship uh, prayer team, just come down. You guys that have prayed with us in the past, just, just you come on down. I'm going to believe that you're going to come down and get free today. Hallelujah. Lisa, lead us.